Welcome in to Illini Inquirer Podcast, Episode 5. Last week, it was so much basketball news, I figured we'd just get Derek Piper on. This week, there's kind of a lack of Illinois football news on the recruiting trail, so we got this one labeled Episode 5, Football Fears, because there's a lot out there. It's been all over the message board. So today, it's just me, Jeremy Warner, uh, and Isaac Trotter. Isaac, what's up, buddy? What's up? Yeah, it's uh, not a great time right now for Illinois football, but a lot of issues um, off the field wise, recruiting wise, but again, it feels like we're at the time of where it could be concerning. But there's also still so much to happen over the next couple of months that could change how we feel about this team and the recruiting aspect of it right before the season gets started. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the off the field news that Isaac was talking about that just obviously doesn't help recruiting at all when you're trying to close on some defensive linemen, especially. We'll do breakdown on a scale of one to 10, how concerned we are about Illinois football recruiting. And then I got a list of about 12 prospects. Some of them we're concerned about. Some of them you might feel better about right now. And then we'll kind of end just talking about what the fix is for Illinois football recruiting right now. We'll get to all that after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, here back on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. And just as Illinois is starting to, you know, be time to close on some of these guys they've worked so hard on will singleton joe moore maybe a guy like jalen st john isaac um you get these allegations uh, against austin clark a former usc assistant coach who uh, obviously felt he was wronged at usc which has had so many issues under this current staff clay helton uh clancy pendergrass who's a big fan of, of austin clark and he alleges that clancy pendergrass paid austin clark uh, cash and then Austin used that cash to have other people take his tests, students to take his tests when he was a graduate assistant at USC. These are specific, serious allegations that, that could be academic fraud, which certainly looks like academic fraud. Um, these are allegations from obviously a guy who's uh, not happy with his former employer, employer a, a disgruntled employee, but these are very specific. And Illinois didn't really have a statement. They said they had no comment really at this time, which is to be expected with an ongoing case here. Um, I, I, they're obviously not going after Austin Clark, but this is not uh, good news that you want about your defensive end, defensive line coach who's trying to close some of these recruitments. You, you wonder about his future, and you know that's big for Willis Singleton. That's biggest big for Joe Moore. Uh, this is not good news there, and it really questions the integrity of Austin Clark, who I've really enjoyed. I, I think he's been one of the best recruiters uh, on the staff, obviously, the last couple of years. Um, so this is obviously not good news for Austin Clark, not good, good news for Illinois, but specifically on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, it, this is tough. And and you look at what this kind of means right now for Illinois football, and it's hard to judge exactly what it will entail because we're not sure what this case is. Innocent till proven guilty is something that we need to absolutely have in our minds about this whole process. 
But when you look at what Austin Clark has done on the field-wise last year was a major disappointment. But the recruiting-wise, you felt great about him with Seth Coleman. You felt great with what he did in, with Moses Opala and Keith Randolph. You kind of liked what he's done getting you involved with Willis Singleton, pushing hard for Denver Warren. You're right there with Joe Moore. You think you got a great chance for Noah Arinze, who constantly brings up Austin Clark. And when you have a situation like this, it does not help you. And so many teams can negatively recruit against Illinois and say, hey, they're not winning. You know, they went 4-8 last year. They're in turmoil. They've had new coaches. And to have this, this is just feels like more fodder, more ammunition for other schools to say, hey, I don't think you really want to go to Illinois because that position coach that you really like, well, yeah, he might not be there. So it's very interesting to see how this will move forward, what the process is. We know that Lovey Smith cares a lot about discipline. He cares a lot about integrity. He cares a lot about what you do off the field, says a lot about the man that you are. And if these allegations are true, I would have a hard time seeing Lovey Smith being fine with Austin Clark being on his staff. So there's a lot left up in the air to play about about, about this situation. You just hope that the facts can come out. And, and if you're an Illinois fan, you hope that Austin Clark is cleared of wrongdoing. And, and I'm interested to see what his statement would be about something like this, too. Yeah, and you'd really like it to be quickly. That, yeah. That's the hard part is all these things up in the air. Like, we're speculating here, and he should be innocent until proven guilty. I mean, I don't know if this assistant coach is going to have any proof of these things, right? And he should have to prove that. And This could be slander or it could be real, and that, that's what's very difficult right now. But if I'm an Iowa State assistant, if I'm you know, like, I don't even know if you need to negatively recruit, you just send this to a coach, right? You just send this to the high school coach and be like, just so you're aware. You don't even need to say anything. Um, that's, you know, we can talk about the virtues of not negative recruiting or whatever. It happens everywhere. And, and Illinois can say it's not doing it, but it could happen. Like you're going to sell what you can sell. And sometimes that's the negative of somebody else. And right now it's just not good to, to have that out there. And it just goes to a bigger thing right now of where Illinois has three commitments right now. They're in the triple digits right now of the uh, 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. Uh, and you felt like Quentin McCoy is like, okay, we they got one. Maybe they can parlay that into another couple. But you're sitting here in July 1st with only three commitments. And we'll break down all these guys here. But a lot of these guys you feel like could be swaying away from you. And, and just the momentum that matters so much in recruiting. Coaches will tell you it matters so much in recruiting. When you can get Marcus Harper, Jaden Thompson, and Reggie Love on board, you felt like Illinois was close. And, and there was a time there where A.J. Henning was seriously considering hopping on board. Uh, Jalen St. John seriously considering hopping on board right then and there. And then nothing happens with Illinois, and these guys start to look elsewhere. Marcus Harper decommits, uh, and it's just a worrying time. So, Isaac, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about Illinois football recruiting? Obviously 10 being absolute freakout. I'm at about a seven, I think, right now. Um, part of it is because I think that there is room to grow. I mean, Will Singleton's a guy that you feel like, okay, it's Illinois and Iowa State right now. You're going back and forth. If you feel if you get him, you feel better. Joe Moore is a guy that it's Illinois and Minnesota. Are you able to get him on campus one more time? Could that sway things? The Illinois will have a barbecue at July 26th. Maybe that's a, a turning point here. But you can't you can't be objective and look back at this recruiting and be like, oh, everything is completely fine. Just put you know keep on moving straight ahead. Everything's fine. I think Illinois is on an awesome awesome job recruiting transfers. No doubt in my mind, they've crushed it there. 
but their inability to close down on some of these guys is really, really tough. Kiva Wesley is a name we haven't brought up. It was an in-state guy that you were right on board with, you and Iowa first. Well, he picks Vanderbilt in Boston College as his final two and goes to Vanderbilt instead. You had situations, like you said, with A.J. Henning. You had Mookie Cooper on campus after he decommitted from Texas, and you couldn't get a public announcement of, hey, this is what it is, and now Ohio State's involved, Miami's still there, USC, Texas. They're, they're tough schools to win over. So we talk so much about momentum, and Illinois football doesn't have it at all right now. But there are chances for you to get yourself back on track, and if you're going into the season with Joe Moore, you have Willis Singleton on board to go along with Jaden Thompson, Reggie Love. Maybe you're able to get a Kevin Tyler on, on, on the offensive line. You'd feel much, much better. So I'm at a seven. I'm not at the freakout stage quite yet, but there's got to be some momentum here in this month of July, especially towards the end of July with that barbecue that you have. You have got to be able to start locking a couple of these guys down. Yeah, I, I for a long time, everyone asked me, like, you know, should I freak out? And I go, well, you know, the targets aren't on the board. Uh, or, you know, like – but I sit here today, I'm probably seven and a half because I'm sitting here and say, do I feel like they're the leader for Joe Moore, Jalen St. John, Mookie Cooper anymore? Not really. Uh, and we'll break that down here a little bit. But those are big guys. Willis Singleton, I, I think, is more of a toss up than I felt, you know, a month or two ago. Um, so all those things combined and the fact that, you know, some of the guys further down on your list or some of the guys you've recently offered, like, like a Monroe Mills or some of these offensive tackles you've gone after. I don't feel like you're in a great position right now. Right. So I, I think and this is just true. And talking to people in the program, they know it. They're getting crushed out there right now. You know, Minnesota can sell a bowl game. No matter what you think of P.J. Fleck, that guy can recruit, that guy can close, and that guy has won more games in Illinois, even if he got crushed by Illinois last year, right? Purdue, they're exciting right now. Their coach was just you – know, getting trying to get stolen by huge programs here. Um, you know, Iowa obviously is Iowa. Missouri has made bowl games. They're, they're over under right now is eight. Illinois is three and a half, three in some places. So the expectations, and I, I've said this over and over again, Illinois just doesn't have any leverage. Right? They, they have no leverage over any of these recruits who are considering really any other power five school. Because even when you throw a school like Kansas in there, Isaac, Kansas can sell – we got less miles. This is our first year. Kind of like Lovey Smith did a couple of years ago, right? So like Illinois doesn't even have that right now. So the, the approach, I don't know if it's flawed as much. It's just there's not a lot of leverage. And with the laid back approach of Lovey Smith, I don't think it's lent itself well to locking kids up early. I think so many people are, are unwilling to jump on board to Illinois when they see him atop all these – you know, hot list. Um, and, and it's, it's warranted. It's warranted. So much depends on the season, but so many kids want to decide before uh, Illinois has the chance to show them any wins. So that's a predicament they, they find themselves in. And it's just, they've lost all momentum out there right now. I also think another factor is this facility. I mean, you can only sell what this will look like for so long. And this facility should be done by August, right, or, or late July, and, and that could have been a major selling point to some of these guys. And, and I also think there was one situation where Illinois really did not take advantage of the momentum that they had. When they got Jaden Thompson, Marcus Harper, and Reggie Love, that could have absolutely spiraled or broke out into a really big thing. And Illinois was close. They were very close to do that, but they didn't 
they didn't lock it down. They didn't have that sense of urgency. And I think after the season, you see the two-year extension for Lovey Smith. I don't want to say that it's been complacency, but this recruiting staff and these efforts, you thought that you got better on the recruiting show when you added Bob McLean. You thought you got more energy with Keenado Hudson. You thought Austin Clark would flex his muscles a little bit more in his second time on the go through. You thought Mike Bellamy would help with your in-state recruiting. And I think those guys were good hires. But when you have no leverage and you have no wins and you have no facilities and your program right now is at a state where you're 9-27 and 27 in the last three years, you just have to, you're just trying to hope and pray and get lucky. There's not Isaiah Williams everywhere. Marquez Beeson is so rare. The fact that you still have him kind of blows my mind a little bit with that he stuck with you and was so uh, all in on Illinois for so long, even though he could have gone to honestly anywhere he wanted in the country. Those guys in the class of 2019 aren't there in the class of 2020. They're just, they're, there's just not that many guys like that. So for Illinois right now, you got to hope and pray that you get them on campus and do well late here in July. Or maybe you say, hey, why don't you wait till December? Let us show you what we can do on the field. And you hope that you could go out and win five or six games and make a bowl game and be competitive and, and kind of prove those naysayers at Minnesota, prove the naysayers at Iowa State and Purdue wrong with your play on the field. Well, let's break down some of these prospects that they're in on. We've got about a dozen we can go through and just where we think we, they stand with them and maybe some guys we think they can push on and, and possibly get before the season starts. We'll do that right after a quick break. All right, Isaac, we're back here. And, and one guy I felt that Illinois would be a major player with until December, and I always thought that they had a better chance of landing this kid more than any uh, more than anybody else probably, is Mookie Cooper. Uh, I thought if you get this kid, you get Jaden Thompson, you get Reggie Love at the top of this class, you can fill in with three stars elsewhere, solid prospects, and feel pretty good about your class because he's that big of a difference maker similar to, to Marquez Beeson. Uh, so Mookie Cooper, though, sounds like he's – moving up his decision date. And to me, that that's a big deal because he kind of said all along, he's going to wait till December to kind of make this decision. It's kind of what I've heard throughout the entire process, but Ohio state has really stepped up big here. And I've had a crystal ball for Illinois for a really long time. And I thought if he's not going to decide until December, I probably won't change that crystal ball. But if he's going to decide in July or in August uh, before the season, I don't see what Illinois has done to close that one down because I figured if he wanted to be part of Illinois, he would have jumped on board and helped recruit for Illinois. He's been a guy that said all along he kind of wants to see what Illinois does this season. But I think if, if this is a soon decision, if he's going to stick to that, which he's told Alan True, he's told our St Steve Wiltfong, I think Ohio State has the momentum here, and I, I can't blame the kid. Uh, if he wants to reserve a spot, and some people have said, does he need to do that? At Ohio State, maybe, because they got three top 100 receivers elsewhere, and that's a school where he knows he can go and be the next Paris Campbell, be the next top 60 pick in the NFL draft, and be showcased on a national stage like that. Sure, you can get to the NFL from anywhere, but Ohio State has proven it time and time again, and Brian Hartline, uh, their, their wide receivers coach, has been fantastic. So if he commits to Ohio State, I think Illinois might still have a chance, but it's not obviously what you want um, because it's going to be hard to decommit from Ohio State if he does that. Even though he's done it with Texas, I still think Illinois can make the case during the season. The Corey Patterson relationship is ridiculously strong. And if Isaiah Williams does well, maybe they can convince him. But for the first time, I've thought it's more likely he doesn't go to Illinois than he 
uh, he doesn't go to Illinois, then he does. Yeah, that, that that's kind of the vibe that you're kind of getting with this thing. And you, if you're Illinois right now, you're really trying to push him either to get back on campus and, and start reconsidering what's going on here, or you want him to push it off till December. One of those two options, because if he just signs his college choice before the season starts, he's not picking Illinois. He, that's just a matter of fact. And let's be honest here: at Illinois, you're selling hope, and this is what you could do. At Ohio State, you're selling, hey, this is you're following Paris Campbell. Hey, this is our blueprint for what we're going to do with you. We're doing the exact same thing we did with Paris you're going to be a top top talent here we're going to make you uh, our Rondale Moore right and and that type of situation Illinois can't do that so Illinois doesn't have leverage over Ohio State either it's not like they can say you got to commit now or your spot's not going to be here Ohio State could be like hey man we got three wide receivers we're going to take a couple more you got to commit now or or this spot's just going to close because we got other four stars that we're going after so Illinois and Mookie Cooper have been They've been linked together for so long. If you're Illinois, you feel you would feel horrible about losing this thing because you invested so much time. You have so much relationships here. Corey Patterson is instrumental in Mookie's life since he was younger. Um, but right now, you can't really do much about it. The only thing you can hope for is that Corey Patterson's relationship and that family atmosphere that Corey has really maintained with Mookie, you have Isaiah, you have Shimon, really can pay off. And again, we talk about Illinois' quarterback battle and we want to play the best quarterback. That's all well and good. But if Isaiah Williams is able to win the job and is able to have success on the field, that would only help with a guy like Mookie Cooper in 2019. Unfortunately, it feels like Cooper's going to decide before Isaiah Williams steps foot on Memorial Stadium's turf. Yeah, I think his I think his interest in Illinois is obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, he's visited campus so many times, um, and he just did again in June. So I think I think there's real interest, and I think there will continue to be real interest. And I think he will monitor this. Um, and I can't blame a kid. Uh, I can't blame an AJ Henning for wanting to go to Michigan. I can't blame a kid like Mookie Cooper. And I, I don't think Illinois has done anything wrong here. I think it says something that they're in the top two uh, for a kid like this, but. It's just when you don't have enough wins, it becomes a really difficult sell. All right, let's move on. Jalen St. John. This is the one that's kind of shocked me is Missouri has gained so much momentum. This is a kid that basically told me Illinois was the leader by far. He basically had told Illinois they don't need to push for him, that he's good, he's going to be in, but his family wanted him to take visits. Well, after the first visit, the first official visit to Missouri, the momentum swung there. And Illinois, I can tell you, was really nervous. He was going to pop right away. And now they're in an absolute battle here. Jalen St. John doesn't make or break this class, but given how much time you have invested in him, given how much need offensive line is, and given that he's a Trinity Catholic kid and the relationships you have with him are better than with any other prospect out there on the offensive line, this is concerning that this has even become a battle, Isaac. Yeah, I mean, he, this, think about this. This kid was coming up to visit Illinois as unofficial visits before his sophomore year even started, right? He's 15 years old, and you already have him on here. So for to feel like you have him in your back pocket and then to kind of get bamboozled a little bit, and now Missouri's the leader, it, 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 it really kind of would frustrate the staff. It would make them feel a little bit like they got robbed. And you see what offensive line recruiting is like in this class of 2019, and it was rough. Josh Pluer is a, is a developmental prospect. Evan Kurtz is a pre- de- developmental prospect. You missed out on a lot of guys in state that you could have get, whether that's J.J. Day who picked Minnesota, whether that's a guy like Nick Broker who picked Ole Miss, you Dave Minot picks Purdue. Like there are a lot of offensive linemen that you missed in the 2019 class that you needed to restock in this class of 2020. And I still think they can do that with a Kevin Tyler. But really, when you talk about offensive line recruiting, who was number one on that board? That's Jalen St. John. He has a good high ceiling. He has a, a 
potential to be able to be an NFL guy eventually in three or four years. And you look at Illinois, you go, okay, Paltrow, Alex Walczewski, Vidaria, and Lowe are, are going to graduate after the class of 20 or after the 2020 season. You'll also have Doug Kramer's going to graduate. So that's three spots that you could fill. And you tell Jalen St. John, hey, man, after a redshirt freshman year, you have a chance to compete for a starting job or starting a tackle spot as a redshirt freshman. So Illinois in, in a big battle now. Again, I feel at the end of the day, you still have the ace. The trump card is Corey Patterson. And, and that is still in play. And Illinois still very much ha- has everything going for them with Isaiah Williams here with Shimon Cooper. But for Missouri to come in late like this and for this to be a battle this late in the process – kind of tells you a lot about where Illinois is at, right? You can't tell a kid to commit right now. And that's kind of the big point of this thing. Illinois doesn't have leverage at all. Missouri does. Missouri is telling offensive line. They told Kevin Tyler already that, hey, our offensive line spots are filling up. You got one spot if you – you know what I mean? Like that's what they have. That So I guarantee they've told Jalen St. John, hey, we got one or two spots left. If you want it, you better hop on right now or it's going to be gone in two or three weeks. All right, let's talk about another St. Louis guy who I, they've been in a good spot for for a while, and that's Joe Moore. But uh, as we've seen, um, Minnesota is getting some crystal ball picks. Malin True, Steve Wilfong, and I, I talked with – Joe Moore earlier this week, Isaac, and I definitely got the feeling it's a Minnesota-Illinois battle, and Minnesota's got the momentum. I thought it was a great thing that uh, he escaped campus because P.J. Fleck with his uh, save percentage closing record has been pretty awesome, uh, so I thought that was a really good sign for Illinois. I still think they got a great relationship with him, with his high school coach. Uh, Corey Patterson knows him really well. Uh, in, in the proximity, um, I think, is, is a good thing for Illinois. Uh, that's not a flight away. It's just a, a a short drive away to Champaign. Uh, but there's another one where Illinois really needs to get this kid back on campus and, and try and make some waves because obviously from guys like Allen and Steve who got a really good pulse on this thing, uh, Minnesota seems to have the momentum as they do with every recruitment they seem to be going after. Uh, but Illinois, I still think, has a chance in this one. Yeah, that's why I think that Illinois, if I'm Illinois, I would do a little negative recruiting here and be like, okay, I get that they got 22 commits. I get that they're 24th in the country, but they already have three defensive ends on board. That means that Joe Moore's playing time could be tough. Where here at Illinois, you say, hey, you're our number one guy at defensive end. You're our top priority. You come in as a true freshman, you're going to get a chance to compete with some of these guys, and maybe you're able to get on the field. If not as a true freshman, you'll be on the field a lot as a sophomore and junior. Whereas Minnesota, it's a little different ballgame. So I think Illinois should be able to get him back on campus for that July 26 barbecue. And you got to stem the tide a little bit because Minnesota has rated Illinois far too often for recruits that should be gettable. Guys like J.J. Gooday last year from Washington, he, he picks Minnesota over in Illinois. You can't let that continue to happen. Yeah, Illinois beat him on the field last year in a big, big win where Illinois, Reggie Corbin, A.J. Bush ran rough shot over that Minnesota defense. But Minnesota can still sell a bowl game. Minnesota, Minnesota still has an energetic head coach that really has shown that he's a great closer and he's going to put pressure on you to get it done. Illinois doesn't have either of those right now. And that's kind of why Minnesota has the commits that they have and the, the momentum that they have on the recruiting trip. All right, let's go quicker with some of these guys. Noah Rinze, a three-star defensive end, another one out of St. Louis, another one who's visited many times. Uh, I think Illinois, again, Austin Clark has a great relationship here. Uh, but he's he's got a guy who's kind of been a mentor for him that's kind of led him through the process. I hear his mother's kind of taking a bigger role. So be interesting to see if that has a negative or a positive influence for Illinois. And Noah's kind of a guy who's been laid back. 
back. So uh, I think that actually gels well with uh, Lovey Smith and this staff that, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. He doesn't get caught up in the hoopla. It's more about fit. Uh, and I think it's kind of a Moses Akpala feel. And he and Moses know each other really well, have very familiar backgrounds. So I still think Illinois is a major player there, but I, I Oklahoma is in the mix. Um, you know, some big schools, Missouri, Minnesota uh, are in the mix. So I think they're in a good spot, Isaac. I, I just don't know if I can call anybody the leader right now because uh, I think Noah just kind of keeps things pretty chill. Yeah, he likes to take a lot of visits too. He he was over at Arizona State for a day. He's been at Illinois multiple times. Iowa State's still another player in this. So he's got a lot of different options. It makes sense. It makes a ton of sense of why he's doing this. So if you're Illinois, you just got to continue on the path that you have. If you're Austin Clark, you got to continue to develop that relationship that you have. And hopefully at the end of the day, he realizes that this is the place that he wants to be at. And, and, and you look at a guy like Arinze, his impact might not be – you might not see it as a true freshman, but I, I just think about him as a redshirt sophomore. With that frame, with that upside that he has, he could be a very, very good, important piece. So, Arinze, I wouldn't expect a decision soon here. He doesn't seem to love the recruiting process, but he doesn't seem to be hated either, right? He's, it's, not like, it's not like that big of a deal to him. He's going to take his time, he's going to take his visits, and he's going to make the best decision for him. Illinois really, honestly, hasn't done much wrong with Arinze – you just got to close it and be there at the end. All right, another one, Willis Singleton, defensive line. Uh, another battle here. Uh, Willis Singleton, a kid that it's down to Illinois and Iowa State from everyone I talked to. Michigan State is out, and this is a kid that uh, has visited so many different places, and he seems to really be wrestling with this decision. It's an interesting battle because you got two Iowa State assistants, Nathan Chilas and uh, uh, Alex Golash, who know Illinois very well, including their faults, and obviously Iowa State is a good program right now under a coach who is a rising star. There are actually questions about how long is he going to stay there for the opposite reasons of Lovey Smith here. So the, the job security questions are kind of go different ways there. Uh, but both those guys could be at different places in a year or two. But uh, also, I, I mean, his parents, uh, his, his dad went to the University of Illinois. Uh, it's very close. Academics, I think, are going to play a big role here. And I think that really favors Illinois. But obviously, Isaac, a kid wrestling with the decision. Yeah, I, I talked to him a couple weeks before his decision after that Illinois visit, and he raved about Illinois, and he said, okay, my last visit's June 21st, Iowa State. I'll make a decision right afterward. Well, it's been two weeks ever since that. So you're kind of seeing the gravity of this decision, and I think the parents play a huge role in that. The parents' connection to Illinois is what Illinois can really sell the most, plus also Austin Clark has made him the number one defensive tackle on Illinois' board. But his parents mean a lot to him. He's said he wants to sit down and have a very deep, in-depth conversation with them where they go over pros and cons of everything. That's kind of where Illinois is at. But right now, this is a a straight toss-up. There's no way that you can pick one or the other because Iowa State has a lot of pros to pick, a lot pros uh, why they'd be a good fit for him I, I think the one thing for Illinois though is that they are a little close to home their academics are a little bit better it just comes down to wins again and, and Iowa State has eight wins last year Illinois has four does that matter enough to Will Singleton we'll find out in the next couple weeks when we go back let's talk about some guys that I think they can really land let's, let's talk some positive here that a couple guys that they could push for we'll do that next all right, one big name that's been a top Illinois offensive line board for a while here, Isaac, that I think they have a really good chance to land over the next month. And 
That's Kevin Tyler, three-star offensive lineman out of St. Louis, uh, who's the, probably the number one guard on their board. And uh, Kevin was a kid that I think was really close to popping right when all these other guys, Reggie Love, Jaden Thompson, uh, were committing in April. I think this was a Kevin Tyler was right close to there, right close to the edge of, of coming on board for Illinois. Then Ole Miss reached out, Mississippi State reached out, Missouri reached out a little bit. But then all of a sudden, this past month, uh, he released a top 10. Missouri wasn't on there. Ole Miss wasn't on there. Mississippi State wasn't on there. And it's clear that I think Illinois has done a good job recruiting, great job prioritizing him. And he plans on visiting Illinois yet again uh, for the July 26th barbecue. He hasn't visited anywhere else. I think that tells you Illinois has got a great spot in this recruitment. Corey Patterson's done a very good job there. It sounds like Purdue and Indiana could still be in the mix. But this would be just a a nice recruitment of a prospect that I love. He's a big kid, a physical, but also moves really well for his size. Reminds me a little bit of Larry Boyd, actually. Yeah, he's a road grader, and that's the thing that you want. He has a little nasty streak to him, too. So as a prospect, you really like him. And now, after Illinois' good season in 2018 running the football, where they finished second in the country, or second in the Big Ten, 13th in the country in rushing, then you have uh, Nick Allegretti. Your right guard gets drafted in the seventh round. Now he can go to, uh, be the blocker for Patrick Mahomes, NFL MVP. That Those are all positives to sell about why an offensive lineman should want to come in and buy in here. And if you look at Kevin Tyler, why would you want to be at Illinois? Well, they'll lose three starters after the 2020 season, and they'll also have a fourth spot open too. So they'll really only have Kendrick Green back as that one no-doubt starter, which means you have four options to try to, to win a job and find a spot there. So I think Illinois has done a good job with this one. You get Kevin Tyler. You get Jalen St. John. You feel much better about your offensive lineman recruiting and, and that, like that depth of the program uh, at offensive line, which has always been you know such a big concern, big talking point, both on the website and this podcast. I'm not always a guy that says, hey, go push for this guy because you need some momentum. But I, I'm starting to feel that way with Quadra Nicholson. Uh, great. Back out of Evanston. I, I know he's a kid that is, doesn't fill a position of need because you, you're loaded at, at running back. We go down the list, but everyone knows that's the best position they have. But there's an in-state kid that really seems to want to be here, just visited here again. Isaac, you just caught up with him. I think it's a guy you can get on board in the next month or so. Maybe even today is a silent commit, and then he announces on his day that he wants to commit on September 1st. Uh, but I, I think you figure out the numbers later because there's going to be attrition. Uh, you know, Running back looks good now, but they've got some guys with injury histories. Uh, he's a guy that is a solid prospect, three-star kid. I think can just give you a little bit of a boost in state and, and just maybe give you a boost to recruiting. Absolutely. He has five schools that he wants, Iowa, Purdue, Missouri, Illinois, Cincinnati, but it's really a two-man race since between Illinois and Cincinnati. So it feels like Illinois is his clear number one. He trusts Illinois' coaching staff. He is really, really happy that Mike Bellamy was hired by Illinois because Bellamy recruited him at Toledo. Now he's coming back and recruiting him yet again uh, now for Illinois, and he wants to be on board. And if Illinois says, no, we're too full, now we'll go get Cincinnati. That's when Cincinnati we get involved. But Illinois running backs, you're loaded with running backs for so long. And we can go through all eight or nine running backs Illinois could potentially have on the roster in 2020. But I think the biggest thing to remember is that so many of these running backs are going to get hurt. The shelf life of running backs is just not that long. He is a good prospect, averaged almost eight yards a carry last year for Evanson, had 12 touchdowns. He is a good piece, and there's not a ton of these good pieces that Illinois is really the no-doubt leader for in this recruiting class. So I I agree. Lock this guy down. In-state guy. It sends a message that you are prioritizing the state of Illinois, which is something that 
honest, let's be honest here. People have had questions about that because they, they, you know, they've recruited other states more heavily than Illinois because you know sometimes people on the in-state don't want to recruit because they, they know your flaws, they know what you suck at, you know, more than more than some kid from Texas or Florida. Yeah, speaking of kids, I think they can land this Finnegan Shermer kid out of, out of Marengo, linebacker that that they're recruiting him as. Uh, now, now this is a. This is an interesting call. Is you know, this is a kid that's a great athlete, good size. I think he's going to develop strength well. Uh, just dominated the class two state championships, but that's a little bit of a roll of the dice. But I think that is another kid in state that you can get, and they know what they like in defensive players, and it's usually track speed. Usually, <laughs> that's what they want. They think they can develop the football player. Uh, so I think that's another kid. And speaking of all offensive line, Johari Branch, the JUCO kid. If they miss on St. John, I expect them to to act on Jahari Branch pretty quickly. And I think he's another kid that, that wants to be on board. And to be honest with you, uh, I don't care if he's a guard or tackle or what spots they have. I, I think he's a guy you go get because I saw him in camp and he looked like a guy who at worst could be solid depth for you at a position where you need more depth over the next couple of years. So those are two more kids that I, I think if you wanted to, um, I think you could get on board before the season. After seeing the Illinois linebackers get absolutely just destroyed in crossing routes last couple of years, Finnegan Shermer is a good guy to add there with that track speed. That just would take that away. You figure it out later. He looks chiseled. He's obviously fast. You figure it out. I, so I, I agree with that. Johari Branch, we watched him at the big man's camp. He's nasty, man. He has a he has grown a lot. He's big and strong and tough and looks like a guy that could be a really good story, too, with a JUCO background. And it was at Eastern Illinois, and to end up at Illinois would kind of be a, a really cool story for him. So I agree. Both of those two guys, you could do worse at the bottom of your class than adding a Finnegan Shermer and adding a, an offensive lineman like Branch. If you add both of those guys and those are the two at the bottom of this class, then you feel okay about where this class could look like uh, eventually in a couple months. Yeah, and it might not be a terrible thing to fill out some of the bottom of the class with guys like Nicholson, Shermer, and Branch. Uh, two guys that I think should be top priorities right now, uh, given what happened with A.J. Henning, which isn't a big surprise. Uh, Mookie Cooper seemingly feeling Ohio State right now, possibly making a decision uh, before you know Illinois would have a chance to close there. I think Marcellus Moore, the in-state kid, is one of the top sprinters in, in the world at his age. I think he's got to be an absolute priority. I think you got to make him feel like the absolute priority because right now I think it's you and Purdue. And I can tell you, you're not going to win the Purdue uh, football argument, right? You're not going to win the football fit because Jeff Brown, what he's done with that offense and what they've done with Rondale Moore, another great sprinter, is obviously going to resonate with Marcellus. But if you make him the priority and tell him day one, which Rod Smith is – you're our guy in the slot. You're our number one target there in the slot. You can fit in with Trayvon Sidney, who's more of a possession guy, whatever it is. But you're our big play threat from day one. You wouldn't be that because Rondale Moore is that in Purdue for another year, right? So I think Marcellus Moore, turn up the heat with him. Make him feel like he's the absolute priority. You can't make him make the decision, but you can make him feel like he's as big uh, of a prospect for you as A.J. Henning as some of these other guys are uh, at slot receiver. And another slot receiver is James Frenchie, uh, Trinity Catholic. We don't talk about him a lot. He's been quieter in his recruitment. I think he's been focused on academic stuff, and I hear he's doing better there, which if you feel like he's got a 
good chance or even a solid chance of, of getting eligible and, and getting through admissions, I think that's a kid you make an absolute priority. He's not as fast as Marcellus or Mookie or AJ, but he's a really good slot receiver. He is explosive, and he's a, he's a four-star prospect here. I don't know if he'll stay that, but he's still a really good weapon, and I would turn it up for him, and, and I'd take a commitment from him, even if uh, you still got some academic questions. So, Lovey Smith, if you're listening, um, take that risk right now because you, you need some good buzz there on the recruiting trail, and, and Frenchie would certainly add it. Both Moore and Frenchie would be no doubt top of these top of the class type of gets in my opinion I mean we talked about before this whole process went going if you got one of AJ Henning Mookie Cooper and Marcellus Moore you'd feel really good about that and still today I would feel great if you just got one of those guys because that type of speed that all three of those have you just don't have that on your roster now you kind of do a little bit now with Marquez Beeson and Kyron Cumbie as freshmen but you need so many more of the guys like that and Marcellus Moore is a no doubt playmaker Frenchie on the other hand if you brought in Frenchie and you're able to get him, I, I, you, let's move aside Mookie Cooper. Say he picks Ohio State. You're still at a situation where you got Isaiah Williams, James Frenchie, Reggie Love, and Shaman Cooper from Trinity Catholic. Oh, and maybe Jalen St. John. That's still a heck of a haul from Trinity Catholic for, from one of the best programs in Missouri. You get those five guys or four or five guys in the last two classes. That's that's a great thing. So I, I agree with with what the wide receiver position is going to look like in a couple of years when Ricky Smalling graduates, when Trayvon Sidney and Josh Emmettor Bebe's uh, gra- graduate as well in two years. You need to restock this with depth. More would be a huge get. I think Frenchie is a no doubt take right now. Figure it out later. If the kid, if the kid's academic struggles uh, pop up again later down the road, th- then you'll take care of it then. But hopefully, it seems like. He's taking care of business in in the classroom, and and, and he now he has that um, a little bit. He had that pressure to get it right in the classroom. Now that he's starting to do that, I think now it's time to reward him and be like, okay, we're fine. We we could take your commitment now because if you get yeah. both those guys, you feel real real good about wide receiver in this class. Yeah, and I can tell you, Illinois is sitting pretty well with French here, at least was uh, in the spring. So what's the fix? I think it's winning a game or two might help, or six. Winning six games might help a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it's an easy answer, right? I mean, what Illinois needs right now, they need to play some games, yeah. right? I mean, because the longer you know this thing is dragged out, and the longer schools can negatively recruit last year's record, the more you need to show something on the field. Now, it might not end up being good for Illinois, right? Maybe Lovey Smith's defense is still bad. Maybe with Brandon Peters at quarterback and Isaiah Williams as a freshman, maybe you actually take a step back offensively. I don't see that happening, but like maybe all that happens and it doesn't work and then you might have a new coach or whatever it is like everybody fears on the recruiting trail but if you can start off three and oh even that even i against a weak schedule to get people talking about three and oh and hey all illinois needs to do is win three of its last nine games uh to get to a bowl game all of a sudden maybe you get some more guys uh to, to hop on board and at least people focused on your program maybe even if you just win two more games by the start of november and you don't even make a bowl game people still would feel like the program is moving in the right direction. It just feels stagnant right now, right? It just feels like you're waiting uh, on that August 31st to happen so you can roll out some of these new players, whether it's Beeson or Isaiah Williams or these transfers that you're bringing in, or even guys who are just going to be sophomores and juniors that you think can take a big step. That's what Illinois needs right now. They, they need games. I don't think there's – 
could you be more pressure pressure guys more? I, I don't know if that would have helped with Jalen St. John or Mookie Cooper or Joe Moore, right? Or or Willis Singleton. I don't think that helps you land them. Um, I, I think maybe you could get more aggressive and questionable guys, uh, whether that's Quadre Nicholson or, or Finnegan Shermer or Jahari Branch. Maybe you could end back of the class guys like Minnesota definitely does that early. And maybe you can try to feel momentum. But for me, it's it's all about what's on the field. It's all about what that record is. Absolutely, and 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 it feels a little bit stale right now for Illinois football because you're continuing to sell the same thing, right? You're continuing to sell upside, and this is what we're going to be in the future. Eventually, you got to prove it. And on August 31st, when Akron and Illinois play for the first time, that's when you can start to see prove it. You could see Rod Smith's offense for a second year and see if it's better. You could see Isaiah Williams if he may, wins the job and is the starting quarterback. You could see Marquez Beeson and Kyron Cumby line back up at the goal line to return kicks and you have two electric freshmen with with speed that you haven't seen at memorial stadium in a long time so it's interesting and i really do think that non-conference play is a massive massive indication of where illinois football will be at because you have to win all three games you can't afford to go two and one you can't afford to go to uconn and lose that's one of the worst programs in all of college football you got to beat them you got to go three and oh and listen nebraska is going to be tough at home uh, on uh, uh, september 21st but then you also have minnesota two weeks later so that's a program that you're equal with talent wise you are you're that you're in the same different sphere there that you beat them last year if you have a situation where illinois is four and one right that that's that's where you can see momentum start to grow that's where you can start to see okay now we're taking tangible steps forward because you still have rutgers on the schedule you still have purdue on the schedule you still have northwestern on the schedule that you think you might be able to play with and be able to get that fifth and sixth win yeah i i think style points matter too yeah i I think don't squeak by akron Don't, don't squeak by eastern michigan Beat them. Get get your fan base excited. Don't get beat sixty three nothing by Michigan at home on August or on, on October twelfth. You just you just can't afford to do that. And honestly, let's be honest, dude, Robert would be so upset. Uh, he's been building up to that day for so oh long. Oh my gosh! Like, we have to have him on, uh, regardless if they win or lose. Like to before that game gets going, like we have to have him on. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we we want to talk more positive news, but you got to give it to us, right? So let's uh, let's see if Illinois can can wrangle in some commitments, and maybe we'll have an emergency pod of talking about two commitments in a week. That'd be nice to talk about for once. Isaac Trotter, thank you, buddy. No problem. Let's get this going again next week. All right, we'll talk to you, see you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.